Keeper Chat. My name is Fauna. And my name is Flora. And this is a weekly podcast where we chat about animals. We are real-life zookeepers, and each week we will be discussing a new animal and learning more about them. As always, nothing we say reflects our organizations, and all thoughts and opinions are our own. So with that, Flora, let's get grimy. Yes, let's. How was your week? It was very uneventful. Um, I do have a spider bite on my butt, and I grew a wart on my finger. <laughs> Um, also, I, it's I just, super bumpy. <laughs> it bumps all over. Something came to mind when you were doing that intro. We got a comment from a listener that was like, I love how fucking dumb Flora is and that she never knows like what her name is. And yeah. I just want you guys to know that happens at least once an episode and just usually I edited it out. <laughs> yeah, it happens on the reg. You and- always miss the beginning of each episode where Flora <laughs> quietly whispers into the mic, I'm Flora, I'm Flora, I'm Flora. Yeah. I usually, like, when I have my notes, I usually write Flora on top of them really big. And then, yeah, right before I start my intro, I'm just like, hello, I am Flora. You are Fauna. Like a, like a big dum-dum. Like a um, big robot. So I'm glad you guys think that's funny because I'll never stop because I'm the dumbest person. Yeah, it's not artificially funny. It's it's naturally funny <laughs> it's, because you're stupid. <laughs> it's just my big dumb brain. Yeah. Um, well, that's good. I had a pretty normal week as well. Cool. Sometimes those happen. Yeah. You know? Not everything can be exciting. Not everything can be busted open pants or yeah, degloved frogs. Right? Sometimes you have to have normal weeks. Although this morning, well, and by this morning, I mean at lunchtime today, I was eating my lunch and I was eating a burrito and mm. it had mustard on it. Ew, what? And whoa, 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 whoa. You say your burrito I, had mustard on it? I should clarify. When I say burrito, I meant more of like a wrap. Oh, my fucking God. I know. Three for a loop, apparently. Um And as I was eating it, it just, like, farted out the end. And so I had, like, mustard on my crotch. So it's just, like, bright yellow right on my crotch. And, you know, I I swear, if you look at a zookeeper and you see, like, weird stains, you're like, that must be from animals. Not Mm -hmm. always. Mm -mm. This one was mustard from my wrap at lunch. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it looked like really bad concentrated pee. So. Oh. I had my crotch pooped on by a penguin last week. I was sitting, like, Indian style, and he was between my legs, and he was just, like, sleeping, and he just hadn't pooped for a while, and, like, they usually back up, I know when they're gonna poop, and I just was like, hey, bud, just don't poop on me, okay? And the moment those words came out of my mouth, he shit on, like, my inner crotch. Mm Mm-hmm. It was not good. You got framed for poop. Yeah. That's pretty messed up. (laughs) It was bad. All right, well, uh, how about we get into this week's Animal of the Week? Let's do it. I don't even know what letter. Tell me. Yeah, we're on the, I don't know what number of the internet, but we're on the letter V. Oh, uh, Vaquita. Oh, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Wait, I want to do it. Don't listen to Dolphin. I want to do another one. I want to do another guess. That was a joke guess. Um, Venus flytrap. (laughs) No, that's a plant. That's a plant? (laughs) And this show is all about animals. <laughs> it eats shit, though. Does that not count for something? I mean, I don't think that's the line between plant and animal is whether it eats things. <laughs> okay, listen. It's my fucking Sunday. I slept all day today. Well, you should be refreshed. What's wrong with you? You're dumber than ever. <laughs> my brain turns off whenever I'm not using it. And we yeah, just now turned it on, so it needs a minute to, like, reboot. No, that's Can so I get true. a third guess? Because that was bad. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Go for it. Okay. V4. V is for... Mm, vegetables! Yep, it's for vegetables. V is for vegetables, guys. Because unlike Vetus Flytrap, <laughs> those aren't plants. <laughs> Welcome to this episode of Keeper Chat, where we're going to talk about veggie tales. <laughs> They're half no. animal, half vegetable. Half monstrosity. Half should have been created. Jesus, right? Isn't that all about Jesus? Yeah, it's 200%. <laughs> we, we got there. Whack. Okay, I have no guesses. Okay, that's okay, because I'm going to tell you. V is for vulture. 
We're going back to the skies, folks. Got another bird for you. Got another, another bird, bird nerd. <laughs> what did you say last time you did a bird? You're like, birds are the only thing that fly in the whole world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, I think birds are the only animals that fly. You're like, uh, bats. <laughs> it's like, you got me there. <laughs> uh, tell me about these mystical beings. Okay, so Domain Kingdom Phylum or- Class Order Family Genus Species. Class is obvious. Birds belong to that. Our order is Falconiformes. And if you guys remember Falcon, oh. that was part of the same order. Whoa. But we got two different families uh, that vultures fall within. So the first one is Cathartidae, and those are the New World vultures. Okay. And then Accipitridae, I think is how you say it, and those are the Old World vultures. Okay. Uh, I don't think it's ever going to get old having Flora and I try to pronounce Latin. Mm-mm. Because it's just bad. It's a train wreck. I took four years of Latin. Are you kidding? <laughs> I'm not. Oh, I felt my like, throat open up. <laughs> Demon so just much. came out of you. Oh my um. God. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Uh, now that we've banished that demon, yeah, I did. But it was in fucking high school, and I don't remember a fuck all from that time of my life, so. It was all a blur. Yeah. Okay, well, um, anyway, there are two family cultures. The two groups, like I said, are the new world and the old world. And I think we've discussed new versus old world in previous episodes, but in case you need a refresher, new world animals typically refer to animals found in north central and south america okay whereas old world refers to those found in africa asia and europe okay so that's kind of where they're spread out so interestingly enough there are 23 species of vultures however none are found in australia the polar regions or on small islands not in australia i know sorry australia you guys are actually a pretty big part of our listeners so i'm sorry um, we didn't pick another animal from your crazy who eats all their dead continent. shit the they just have de- do. <laughs> the people of australia <laughs> they have to pick it up somehow they're like no vultures i guess we'll do it <laughs> gotta eat this um, dead thing no one else mm-hmm, here mm-hmm. is gonna do it for me yeah and i should note at the top of my notes here uh surrounded by hearts <laughs> i put the words trash birds because that's what they are trash birds and i know you flora love a good trash bird i mean you're a a trash person oh yeah 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 yeah, you flock to the trash eating ones i do um so let's get to let's get let's get into the differences between the new and old world vultures okay so first off the new world vultures have the very distinct uh visual of the bald head Okay. So they're, like, covered in feathers everywhere except for their head, which is bald, which is Love jarring that. to see, but it's high fashion. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, this bald head actually serves a really important purpose, not just to look really cool, but it helps reduce risk of disease to the animal um, because vultures feed by shoving their heads inside dead things. Same. And so they don't want to get all that gunk up in their feathers, so their head is just bald. It's preemptive. It's helpful. And you know what? That's probably why our faces are bald, because I'm shoving them in burritos. Ugh. Also, I feel like it's super shitty that, like, the bald eagle stole the name bald eagle when really they have feathers on their head. Like, <gasps> I imagine know. if vultures were, like, the bald eagle. I feel like the people aud- would respect them, like, a little bit more. True. I just can't believe the audacity of that whole situation. I know. Unbelievable. Um, Sitting there with so... hair plugs. Not even really bald. <laughs> you want to be bald. Leave, it, leave, the, leave the baldness and everything that goes with it to those of us that are actually bald. True Come that. on. So not only does the it reduce their risk of disease because they're not getting all that crap and junk in their feathers, mm-hmm. but their skin is also directly exposed to the sun's rays, which yes. actually disinfects them. So it keeps all the bacteria that grows on their head from, like, running rampant throughout their body and murdering them. <laughs> Just fucking UV fry my brain, please. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I got a little messy during dinner. I got to go sit out Can in I the g- sun for a while. Yeah. Let me just turn the oven on broiler and stick my fucking face in there. <laughs> That'll cook the disease off. Good God. Napkins don't exist, but the sun does. <laughs> the sun is nature's napkin. Ugh, <laughs> oh, Amen. Um, so, on top of that, New World vultures also have long horizontal nostrils, 
that have space between them. Whoa. So they've just got like, <laughs> I'm just painting a really ugly picture. <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> that was a weird thing to talk about. <laughs> um, interestingly enough, compared to old world vultures, newer vultures don't actually have a voice box. Uh, so they can't make any sounds apart from hisses and grunts. Oh, Whereas same. old world vultures have a number of different vocalizations. They can grunt, they can hiss, they can croak, screech, and chatter all of their feeding. <laughs> wow, so many different vocals. <laughs> it's, it's a lot. Of... I don't need this. Grunting Ugh. and cackling and snorting and just doing all the noises you would just assume vultures would make. Yeah, but like new worlds can't do that. I know, but it's just. They're silent birds. As far as birds go, it's a little lacking. All right, damn. <laughs> <Just> anyway, <laughs> anyway, new world vultures don't build nests. This is again in contrast to old world vultures that do. Uh, so instead, those new world vultures lay their eggs in holes of trees or <laughs> on rocky surfaces and whatever. So they're just like, it came out of me. I'm not going to put any work into it. I'm just yes. going to find a crevice and shove it in there. Good God. Yeah, whereas the old world ones are like, I'm going to build a nice little nursery for you. Too much work. Um, additionally, New World vultures, their feet are uh, um, physiologically different from Old World vultures. So their feet aren't actually designed for grasping. Like you would think a lot of large birds or like birds of prey would have. Um, they don't have the kind of toe on the back. So there's like the like front like toes with like the talons yeah. and stuff that okay. you think of a lot of birds. And then there's the back toe and that's like typically used to pinch her together to do a grasping motion. So new world vultures don't actually have that. They don't have that back toe, but the old mm. world do. Um, so those guys are a little bit better at grasping things. The newer world ones are sort of just have like little flappy feet. Yeah. It's like can't, waddle like, around. Carry anything around. Like can't yeah, get this much. to go. <laughs> exactly. This dead skunk looks hilariously hilarious. It looks hilarious. I'm used <laughs> by dead things. Hilarious. <laughs> and I want to take him home. <laughs> And show all my Damn friends. Damn, dude, it sure does. But I can't. <laughs> I'll just have to tell them the coordinates, see it for themselves. I'll just have to tell them all about it. It was wild. You should have been there. Should've <laughs> you should have been there. <laughs> should have fucking been there. So, New World vultures, these guys include such common examples like the turkey vulture, black mm. vultures, king vultures. All of these are pretty common in zoos, so you can usually see them yeah. um, pretty frequently. But also, this class, or this family, includes... California condors and Andean condors as well, Whoa. which is pretty cool. I think a lot of people didn't realize that condors are, in fact, vultures. No, I had no pretty idea. Pretty Yeah, so we're going to talk a little bit more about those guys a little bit later, but I wanted to contrast everything with the old world vultures really quick, too. So like okay. I said, those guys have grasping feet. Those guys build nests. They can vocalize a bunch. Um, in addition, the old world ones tend to look a lot more like their eagle and hawk relatives. So if you mm. remember, they fall within the same order that like falcons do. So right. they're going to have a number of characteristics similar to that. And in addition to their grasping foot, they also have pretty big talons attached to those feet. So they can actually grasp things um, a lot more readily than the new world guys who are just sort of slapping their soft foot against it. Um, Yuck. Yeah, not great. Uh, those feet are stronger as well, and typically, in conjunction with that, the old world vultures have a larger, more powerful beak with a hooked tip to the end. So just like mm. how falcons do and hawks do and eagles do, their top beak sort of like hooks down, and that makes it easier for them to like rip things apart, whereas the new world ones don't have as much of a hook to it. So... They're they're like the they're like the PG version of the PG thirteen <laughs> old world vulture. <laughs> Amazing. It's a little a little bit more dangerous. Um. So, in addition to oh great, it's time for my cat to scream. <laughs> right on time. It's scream cat time. Yep. Um, I don't know if I mentioned this already, but the old world ones do have larger, broader wings too. Ooh, no. Occasionally. Um. So some examples of these include the Himalayan and Egyptian hooded. Indian black and palm nut vultures, but it also includes animals palm nut. Uh, known as griffins. So, like the Egyptian and Eurasian griffins. I'm sorry, what? Which is pretty cool. Yeah, I know, right? Like griffins are like, real. Like the there's like, like a real life animal. griffin. Yeah, look it up. I'm it's an old world it. vulture. Whoa. Oh yeah, he looks like what I would picture when I think of the word vulture. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so it wasn't a letdown. Great. That boy, a vulture. So 
Vultures are scavengers, which is a special type of bird, meaning that they eat dead things. Woo! So they eat carrion, which is what dead things dead are. Dead stuff. Yeah, and in my notes, I put that they feast on dead slash rotting flesh. God. <laughs> because they do. Yum. Um, Love and it. And this is actually their main food source. It's pretty rare for a vulture to attack and kill their own prey. Okay. Which is one of the reasons that, like, New World vultures don't actually have those adaptations that a lot of the other birds in the falconiformes order have, like mm. the talons and the grasping feet and the hooked beak and stuff like that because they're not really having to attack and kill anything Ever everything's anything. already dead yeah yeah so instead of like going out and like hunting your cow for your hamburger you just like go to mcdonald's and you're like i'll take a hamburger and they're like here you go it's huh. cut out the middleman, so to speak huh. so um but in addition to carrion they can also eat uh garbage and excrement which is just Sick. great i love it so much uh literal trash birds Love them. Love them. Nature's garbage disposals. Yeah. And they serve a really important purpose, too, which we'll talk about later. Absolutely. You can probably already guess. So um, (laughs) taking the top spot here is maybe the most relatable bird is the vulture in that they gorge themselves on their food. Yay! (laughs) Uh, Yeah, they have a feast or famine adaptation where if food is available, they just eat and eat and eat and eat and eat until, like, they're almost dead. Uh, because you never know when your next meal is going to come. And in right. fact, it can be upwards of two plus weeks away. So ah. they're like, might as well just go buck wild here on this dead thing. God. And in fact, sometimes they'll gorge themselves so much, it's to the point that they're unable to fly. Oh. <laughs> so they just eat a big meal and then they got the biggest food baby and they can't actually <laughs> leave. just like waddle so away. Like, <laughs> exactly. They're just hanging out with this like corpse. And they're like, oh, falls, you fall, eat too much. Um, and this is actually kind of funny in the sense that if something like other scavengers or, um, whether they be like birds or like jackals, like we talked about, or Mm -hmm. hyenas who are also scavengers, if any of those come up to bother or threaten them while they're at a carcass and they're too full because they gorge themselves, um, they sort of have to get out of there, right? So they don't become the prey of some sort of attack. So what they do is they actively regurgitate to lighten their load and then they fly away. (laughs) Amazing. I know, right? Like, perfect escape route. Like, oh, I gotta get out of here. Let me just (laughs) barf until I don't weigh 70 pounds. And I know, Flora, you've talked about, like, if someone were to ever try to kidnap you, that's, like, your first mode of defense. Oh, for sure. Barfing. I'm gonna barf, pee, and poop all at the same time. Not only are you gonna be lighter at the end of that, but, like, maybe you'll gross them out a little bit. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. It's a good, it's a good, it's a good thing to do. Um, so... They don't really have many predators. They, mm. Like I said, they are threatened by other scavengers. And a lot of times they may have to, like, defend their carcass or whatever. But okay. it's kind of cool because they are somewhat cooperative and they tend to be social. So yeah. you can have you several species. You always see them together, like, chilling. Yeah, exactly. So you, you can have several species and several individuals of different species at the same carcass feeding together. But there is a pecking order. So the larger, more dominant birds are going to eat first. Hmm. And then the smaller, lesser dominant birds will kind of get the scraps. Everything left over. So, I mean, that makes sense. That's kind of everywhere in the animal kingdom. For sure. Um, And then, interestingly enough, too, kind of tying into that social aspect, is that once food is located, vultures are able to quickly and... um, pretty efficiently kind of disseminate that information. So they, like, rapidly let everyone else know oh. that there is a carrion available, like, dinner's ready. So they, they ring the proverbial dinner bell, and <laughs> a lot of this is through, like, behavioral cues, since, as I mentioned, vultures, at least the New World ones, can't actually vocalize, so they right. can't, like, screech or whatever. Um, but they kind of pass it along through behavioral cues through each individual, and then everyone, like, flocks down and starts eating. Which is nice. Hmm. I like that. That's pretty cool. You gotta let your friends know. Exactly. Like, eat and, and then I feel like the more vultures there, if someone did come, your chances of getting eaten by that lion are, like, lower. Because you can totally fly faster than, like, Bob. So yeah, you just true. Like, tell Bob, like, dinner's here. Yeah, exactly. Like, man, I hate Bob, but, like, I'm gonna share this meal with him. Yeah. Last supper. And then when Bob. that lion shows up, you just gotta trip him a little bit, and then you're gone. You just gotta throw up really quick when he's not looking and take off. Barf in his eyes. Disorient. Bye, Bob. Fly away. See ya. <laughs> Wouldn't wanna be ya. Everyone hates Bob. Yeah, he's 
the worst. Um, so, as I said, they don't really have many predators. Yeah. Um, and that's for a good reason as well. Uh, <laughs> because they tend to eat dead things, things that are diseased, rotting flesh, garbage, and literal excrement. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't taste that great. Aww. <laughs> they really don't taste that good. And also, they're just like teeming with bacteria. And so um, anything that eats them is going to get really sick. Oh, so, my God. It's pretty good incentive not to go eat that trash bird, which is pretty nice. They can kind of strut around and be like, Dude, I'm gross. You are what you eat. I know. I feel like Hannibal Lecter wouldn't even step foot near that thing. He's like, oh, no, he has way more taste. Are you joking? That's so true. Fun fact, everyone, in case you want to know us a little bit better, Flora and my favorite show is Hannibal. It's <laughs> the best show. It's the best that show is the best show. And it Matt was Nicholson's unfairly best canceled early. But Hugh Dancy. Anyway, anyway. Lawrence Fishburne. Uh, I know, I know. Still salty about I'm it. Go cry. So I'm crying now. <laughs> like most other birds, I don't know. Maybe all other birds. I don't like making <laughs> really blanket statements like this statements. because it's really gonna bite me in the ass. But vultures have crops, which is essentially uh, a throat pouch that other birds have as well, and this stores food. <clears throat> and so they can actually store this food to eat it later, or they can regurgitate from it and feed their young, which Solid. is cool. So they're just like barfing left and right, which is just it's really like cool. Built-in, really like really cuddly neck fanny pack. Yeah, exactly. Who wouldn't want that? The I'd neck take is one. the best place to store things. Yeah, you know, it's like it's really good. Keep it nice and warm. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Why not? Sure, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Um, so one cool thing that I found, in fact, vultures are really cool, but this I actually didn't know before researching them, is they have been observed using tools. They're one of the only what? bird species in the entire world that has used modified version of tools, which is so cool. So uh, they use their tools to obtain food as the main source. And this is unique among birds in the sense that, like I said, not really any of the others do. And if you think about it, it makes sense. Like they a lot of times lack the adaptations available to hunt and kill their prey. They're mm-hmm. sort of just relying on dead things. And a lot of times dead things aren't that easy to eat. <laughs> um, and so they can't really like rip it apart, you know, with their beaks or their talons if they don't have them or whatever. So they have right. to come up with other ways to get into it. And a lot of what's left with dead things are bones. So it's going to be one of the hardest things to chow down on. Right. So their lack of talons and their sharp hooked beaks definitely contribute to this. But – Researchers have seen them drop stones on ostrich eggs to break them open and eat the inside. And they've also seen them um, carry bones up into the air and drop them onto rocky surfaces to break open. And once they do, they're able to get into the nutritious marrow that lives inside and they can eat that. So pretty cool. Um, And then as far as their bodies go, they have some pretty cool. Yeah, they're pretty big birds. They're pretty beautiful birds. They're pretty weird birds. So let's get to know them a little bit better. <laughs> let's do it. Dig in. So their bodies are, uh, in fact, made to only fly for a few hours at a time. Mm. Uh, because, again, they're just looking for dead things. So they're not necessarily right. flying to hunt. They're l- flying to eat. Um, and they have pretty large, broad wings and short tails. So they really only need to fly high enough to look, uh, be able to see carrion on the ground or whatever mm-hmm. other surface they're looking at. So... Their eyesight's very good, but they're not having to, like, zip around and do all the stuff like falcons, for example, are having to do. Right. Um, They just kind of, like, soar around and and graze and see what's up. Yeah. Um, Which is pretty chill. God, what what a a low-effort lifestyle. I know. Exactly. Like, the effort is done. The thing already died. All you have to do is find it, and it doesn't matter what condition it's in. You're like, looks good to me. Yeah. Been here an hour? I'll eat it. Been here seven days? I'll eat it. Been here, like, a week? Sure. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, guess what? Seven days is a week. <laughs> How about you got, eight days? You, you got me there. <laughs> Damn it. Um, so uh, I have a note here that says that the largest vulture is the Himalayan griffin, which is upwards of five feet tall. Um, saying yeah, it. Yeah, it's upwards of five feet tall. Uh, say it one more time. The Himalayan griffin? It's actually upwards of five feet tall. That's blowing my goddamn mind. 
That's a big bird. I need to see That's it next a to a man. Is bird. there a picture of one in a man? Oh, you know what? I didn't even look. May I'm <sighs> sure Wikipedia has it. Wiki. Oh, it has. It probably has that like scuba man that next shadow to man. it. Yeah. I, I really hope he's still in his scuba gear. <laughs> I do too. Let me look real quick. Just inexplicably, this poor man who's stuck as a light Ugh. or stuck in the life of a scuba man. I don't have him. Uh. What a fucking letdown. I'm you know what? Never I'm sure we can Photoshop Wikipedia. something. Ooh, true, true. <laughs> uh, so then the smallest is um, the palm nut vulture, which is palm around nut. two feet tall. Which is still a pretty big bird. Yeah. As far it's as, a big bird. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't want it, like, in your home by any means. No, no, no. God, imagine that thing looking at you, just waiting for you to die. Like, it's like, <laughs> I'm not going to do anything, but I'll be here when you die. Yeah. Just waiting for you to croak. Just, God, that's looming, isn't it? It's ominous. So um, ominous. So the heaviest vulture on record is the Andean condor, which was upwards of 33 pounds. That's a fucking big bird. And then the lightest, again, is our small little friendly guy, the palm nut vulture, which was 3.7 pounds. Aw, look at his little hollow bones. I know, I was just gonna say, like, you think, like, a five-foot vulture is a big bird, but if you think about it, they're all bones. Like, they're fluffing bones, so yeah, and not, they're those hollow bones, so they're really kind of tiny. Like, that, birds uh, have tiny little bodies. Palm nut vulture looks like a fucking seagull. Oh. It couldn't look any more like a seagull if it tried. <laughs> it's like, I have a secret seagull. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've infiltrated. Uh, so... In addition to their uh, broad, their large broad wings and their short tails, uh, like I said, they kind of just are like cruising around looking for dead stuff. So they're living a pretty chill, relaxed lifestyle. And they actually rarely flap their wings. They usually just soar, hmm. which is, again, even more chill. Like yeah. there's not much energy expenditure going on there. And interestingly enough, if they hit a warm pocket of air, um, they can soar for hours without flapping their wings. So God. <laughs> chill as hell right i love that oh my god yeah hours yeah i know i can't do Uh, anything for hours let alone i found this yeah seriously i have the attention span of not a vulture i would look for 30 (laughs) seconds and be like guess i'll die what's what's going on twitter (laughs) (laughs) gotta refresh my feed real quick uh so i found some fun facts courtesy of the san diego zoo website that um, actually kind of blew my mind a little bit. So bearded vultures, uh, uh, I was going to ask you about them. Yeah. Supposedly they have stomach acid that's more caustic than battery acid. Yeah. I read that they like eat bones. Like they're the only vultures that just like, they do. just gobble a whole fucking bone. Yeah. And because their stomach acid is so caustic, it just like easily helps them digest bones. They can just chop down on some bones. Good God. Like how clutch is that imagine being the only person in your town that ate taco bell like you're like yeah why not more for yes. me <sighs> this episode sponsored by taco bell also you can just like dude if you're a murderer just straight up get a bearded vulture yeah that's where it's at like oh did you kill that guy i don't know see if you can find his fucking bones because they don't mm-hmm. go away right and they go into your backyard there's a fucking bearded vulture and they're like oh, he got us again oh yeah just get a just get a wide variety of bul- of of vultures, <laughs> of vultures, and like you could probably just have that carcass gone in no time. Like in fact, no time. Yeah, in fact, it says here that a band of one hundred African white-backed vultures can strip a one hundred and ten-pound carcass in three minutes. <gasps> okay, so you could kill a hundred and ten-pound person every ten minutes. I mean, come on. <laughs> Finally, my dreams have been realized. I can finally work out this hobby of mine that I've been looking to pursue for the years. The fucking ultimate sidekick. The bearded yeah. vulture. Yeah, so cool. Well, no, no, no. That's the African white-backed vulture. Oh, damn. But it's, you, you have, have to have, have both. Okay, you them. have to have both. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. I can get 100. I'm not concerned about the numbers. <laughs> Easily. Easily can get 100 <laughs> African <laughs> white-backed vultures. Not Easily a problem. Done. Next. Um, What's next? Quick question. Yeah. The palm nut vulture. Yeah, that little seagull baby. Does he eat palm nuts? Um, I mean, he eats carrion like everything else. So why the fuck he called palm nut? Man, I don't know. Why are things called anything? None of us know. <laughs> I didn't actually look into that. Folks, if anyone out there knows, let us know. I'm going to look at Wikipedia. Right. <laughs> and on Wikipedia. You're going to find that shadow man on there. 
Um, unusual for birds of prey, it feeds mainly on the fleshy husks of the oil palm fruit. Oh, that's weird. It I has also been recorded to feed on crabs, mollusks, fish, locusts, small mammals, domestic poultry, and carrion. Oh, so they do eat carrion. They're just, like, a little more diverse. But he eat a little nut. Taste. I'm telling you, he's a fucking seagull. Anyway. A little nut-eating bird. Palm nut. Uh, so, as far as breeding behavior goes, uh, it's, again, and this is the case with a lot of birds, in that males will tend to do some sort of big physical or um, uh, auditory display for the females, or they'll, like, build them a nest or whatever and try yeah. to impress them. So vultures are no different. The males... Uh, are typically the ones that are going to show off their flying skills. So they're going to soar around, fly around the female, and actually it says that they uh, they show off their skills by almost touching the female's wingtip as they fly by. And this oh. is meant to impress her. So like it's just like a drive-by yes. slap or something. I don't know. It's kind of creepy. They just walk by over and over <laughs> like, and be like, did she her. look at me? Did she look at me exactly. that time? Did she see me? Yeah. Um, so, interestingly, too, vultures actually pair for life. They choose mates for life, which is so cute. I know. They're in love. And in the case of old world vultures, they do make a nest, as I mentioned earlier, um, with sticks and different types of grasses, and they'll put those in, like, tree hollows or on rocky cliffs or things like that. The new world vultures, again, don't make that nest, but they do, you know, just kind of plop their eggs down on the ground yeah um so the female vulture will lay one egg typically at a time uh and that's typically okay let me get this right because i took a note here and it kind of confused me so if she is a larger vulture like one of the species that's larger she will lay one egg but if she's one of the smaller vulture species she will lay two eggs Hmm. yeah i don't know what that means or why it's important but there you have it. Maybe because and, she's so big and she's like, I know that this baby's going to live, so I only need to make the effort to, like, shit out one. Mm-hmm. But the little guy's like, I'm little, so they might eat me. I should make two just in case. Sure. <laughs> she's got, like, that backup baby, you know? Yeah. <laughs> baby A, baby B. <laughs> <laughs> um, and really sweetly, uh, both parents work as a team. Aww. And they, they both incubate and they both regurgitate their food to feed their babies. That's awesome. So cute. I love that, like, the skill that the males use to impress the female is the literal only thing they do. Like, like, you yes. know, other animals, yeah, they're like, it. oh, I'm gonna show off, like, my, like, I don't know, catching prey skills or, like, how big and tough I am. And the vultures are just like, all we do is fly and eat dead stuff, so I can show you how good I fly, I guess. That's <laughs> yes. all I can do. Is this enough? It's gotta be. That's all I got. <laughs> this is my only skill set. Yeah, exactly. Um, so when the chicks are really, really young, the parents will um, like regurgitate kind of on the ground and then they pick up the pieces of their regurgitation and feed it to their chick. Cool. Uh, but as it gets older, the chick actually, like the parents leave the chick to pick up its own pieces off the ground. <laughs> so it'll just like barf on the ground. It's like, you're on your own, kid. And chick's Ugh. like, nom, nom, nom. I guess to learn you know how to I eat don't know. dead gross shit off the ground yeah for sure start with vomit and <laughs> they're like everything else is uphill from here Jesus. so chicks will remain in their nest for anywhere between two to four months and they're pretty dependent on their parents during this time mm. um one of the funniest things i find about birds is when you have a chick that's the size of an adult but it's still a chick <laughs> it's still like a fluff because <laughs> they like yeah they grow so quickly but they're like they're fluffy and their coloration is different and vultures yes. are exactly that like they essentially just have like a chick in their nest that's around six months old that's six months old <laughs> but it's the size of their parent and just like looks weird <laughs> it just hangs around them <laughs> i just love that like, it's like i'm like, you but fluffier exactly it's just like the goth kid of the family Ugh, i love it i adore them uh so yeah i think we can both agree vultures are pretty rad uh they serve a really important purpose too as i mentioned earlier in the ecosystem hell yeah not just for humans but for nature as a whole they are the garbage collectors literally they clean up all the dead stuff they clean up all the gross stuff if they weren't around it would just be there and like disease would spread right and like run rampant throughout the world so vultures serve uh, a really important purpose what is it called like a mortician (gasps) oh yeah right 
Yeah, yeah, why not? Sure. Isn't that what the people morticians do? They, like, take the dead bodies and then they eat them? I think you're thinking of that lady from the Adams family. Ugh, Morticia? She would mm-hmm. never eat anyone. She's a babe. Uh, she probably would. <laughs> She's, like, one of the few people I would put money on. <laughs> She's, like, a fucking babe, though. Uh, her and Hannibal should have, like, gotten together. Human vulture. Oh, man, Gomez kicked to the curb. Uh, Gomez was too sweet. He couldn't. He was a sweet boy. Uh, anyways... So, they, yeah, they serve a really important purpose. And, in fact, in some cultures in Asia, like in India, um, it was traditionally seen that people would put out their dead for the vultures to eat. Dope. Because what are you going to do with that, right? That's like yeah. garial territory. Ugh. Yeah. And uh, in ancient Egypt, uh, vultures were highly regarded. And in a lot of cultures, people saw them as omens of death because, duh, they're hanging around dead things. Like, right. that makes a lot of sense. But... Uh, Egyptians tended to see them as like good omens and they had a lot of tie-in with their um, religious figures of the time in ancient Egypt so yeah they really loved them and like that's great the Egyptians were all about cats and vultures and jackals like come on that's my jam love that that's my damn jam my damn jam Uh, so conservation wise vultures are not doing great Um, yeah, they, it depends on the species. Like I said, there are 20 to 23 different species, but they kind of range anywhere between, I think I saw, like, vulnerable or threatened all the way up through critically endangered. Uh, and that's for a number of reasons. First and foremost, they, um, unfortunately, like, their main threat is poisoning. Um, and while they are occasionally hunted and there is egg collection that happens in the wild, and they are threatened by things like wind turbines, which makes it harder for them to soar, which is the only way they can fly. Or, um, you know, power lines or, you know, habitat loss, like, yeah. things like that, that all animals suffer from. Uh, unfortunately, the biggest thing that they face is poisoning. And I forget which animal we talked about with this in the past, but it all has to do with the fact that they eat dead things. And so depending on how that thing died, it could potentially harm the animal that's eating it. Yeah. Like eating its course its corpse um so it says here that um there was a huge investigation that determined what was killing the birds and this was in like the 80s up through the 2000s trying to figure out what was going on with these guys because they were seeing massive losses across the globe Mm. Uh, and in one case in south asia it was found that an anti-inflammatory drug that was used by veterinarians and ranchers um, administered to their livestock actually was harming vultures. So when the vultures were eating the dead livestock that had been treated with this anti-inflammatory drug, they became sick because their bodies couldn't process it and they died. Um, Which is nuts because, like, vultures are eating dead, diseased excrement and, like, they can't, you know, process this drug. But are, like, like, man-made shit. Exactly. Like, unfortunately, human... Um, intervention is one of the biggest threats that vultures are facing, which sucks. And honestly, isn't that surprising? So since then, efforts have been made in this South Asian community to restrict the use of this drug in livestock, but it's still something that they're dealing with. Um, And then in Africa and Asia, vultures are almost uh, primarily threatened by poachers because what happens is those guys will uh, poison carcasses of rhinos and elephants that they've killed for their horn or their tusks for ivory. And then after they take those from the dead elephant or rhino, they um, the intention is that the poison within them will kill the vultures that come to eat the carrion that's left over. And they the hope is that it will cut down on any, um, I guess, like broadcasting to the surrounding area that there's a dead endangered animal nearby. Right. So... They poison that animal in the hopes that the vultures that would eat it die, and no one knows the horrible crime they committed. They just commit two horrible crimes to cover up. Yeah, it's their pretty horrible. horrible. Crimes. Yeah, it's pretty messed up. Uh, and then, additionally, to kind of across the world, ranchers have been really frustrated by predation on their livestock, which makes sense. I mean, we kind of see that with predators all the time, and so because of that, they have taken it into their own hands to actually. Um, poison the like use poison on the livestock which doesn't harm the livestock but it does harm the predators that try to eat it and so unfortunately that poison also kills the vultures that are eating 
everything else that dies because they literally eat, eat everything at the end of the food chain. Right. Everything that dies, the vultures are coming up to eat. So, again, things are compounded, especially those that are containing poison. They're compounded and lethal to vultures that eat them. Um, and then last but not least, a lot of times, too, vultures are dying from eating meat killed by hunters that use lead bullets. Right. Lead sucks. Due to lead poisoning. Yep. So it gets in their bloodstream and it kills them just as it would if lead gets into our bloodstream. Mm-hmm. It's toxic. And so there's been a lot of efforts made to reduce the use of lead in um, bullets used in weapons. So... They're hoping that if people do choose to hunt animals, that they're not using lead in case vultures eat it and then they don't die. But yeah, they face a a bunch of threats, unfortunately. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't really think about when they're thinking about endangered animals is it's never one thing. It's never like, oh, if we fix this one thing, they'll be fine. No, it's always like a thousand things because they're all interconnected and like our ecosystem is such a like complicated crazy intricate web of everything mixing together that if you mess up one thing you mess up everything so that kind of sucks um but i wanted to talk really quickly since we're talking about conservation about the california condor yeah so um oh i guess let me give a quick shout out here um first and foremost there are two really great well-known Um, vulture conservation organizations that I could find at least. I'm sure there are a bunch more. But the Peregrine Fund is a really good one if you're looking to learn more about the effects, yeah, of poisoning for vultures in Africa. And they work really hard to help vultures that have been poisoned. They help to cut down on poisoning that's happening. They do a bunch of tracking and radio collars and things like that, which is so cool. Uh, And then there's also Vulture Rescue. Um, And like I said, there's probably a bunch more, but those are the two that I came up with with a quick preliminary search. But as far as the California condor goes, we need to give a shout out to San Diego Zoo because they were essentially the first ones to do anything with the California condor and they brought them back from extinction. Dope. Which is so cool. And this is one of those like classic examples that we always like to tell anti-zoo people when they start shitting on zoos and the reason that they exist. Uh, This is one of those like super huge, well-publicized success stories that were almost completely on the part of zoos Mm -hmm. and collaboration with wildlife services. So for the California condor, it was based, like I said, at San Diego Zoo. And um, it was a really important program to be started because California condor populations were almost completely decimated um, through things like destruction of habitat, poaching, and lead poisoning. It was estimated that in 1982, only 22 California condors remained in the wild, which again is like crazy low. It's so hard to come back from that number. Like a lot of times too, people just assume that they're extinct because how can you safely bring them back from that? And that's like 10 pairs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because if you think about too, that they mate for life, like that's nuts. So San Diego Zoo. Like what if he doesn't fly good? What yeah, if all totally. the ones left don't fly good, and you don't want them to touch you. You don't like them. Yep, exactly. Like he's ugly. I don't like him. You don't like that when he's bald. <laughs> he's not bald enough. <laughs> <laughs> I need more bald. Baller. Uh, the San Diego Zoo Global was uh, given permission, in collaboration with the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Services, the California Department of Fish and Game, the National Audubon Society, and the Los Angeles Zoo Damn. to start the first captive propagation program for California condors. So this program, again, was uh, founded here, and it's been hugely successful. So first and foremost, what one of the things that they did was um, to bring eggs from the wild into a zoological population. Uh, The reason being that the hypothesis was, and what actually ended up working out, was that eggs that were removed from condor nests encouraged the females that previously laid those eggs to lay replacement eggs. Double clutch, yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, came in clutch. (laughs) Uh, So they were able to bring those eggs that they pulled from nests into zoological populations and essentially allowed the females to lay more eggs, and then the ones that were brought into zoological populations were incubated at the zoo. So they were still grown into uh, chicks that were born, which is really, really cool. Um, Once they were incubated, they hatched, and then the main focus that these organizations wanted to do was to um, raise these condors to 
act like wild condors do because with their numbers so few it's so important that they're able to quickly reassimilate back into the population of wild areas so to do that unfortunately it was really really tough like they had to hand raise these condors because they didn't have the adults with them and the females wouldn't re-accept them with their new chick in their nest and so what they did was they had newly hatched chicks fed and cared for uh, by using adult look-alike puppets essentially that look like yeah that look like their parent puppets i love that and once they're a little bit older they actually place the older chicks in with mentor condors so to speak so that they could learn social skills and learn how to interact with condors um and then in addition they actually taped sounds of adult wild condors and played them to the chicks so that they could hear what they sounded like which is cool get jim henson up in this bitch you Build know he me was a giant ass <laughs> muppet. I'm gonna make some condors for real. I love it. Um, yeah, it's super super cool. It was unprecedented, and it ended up being a huge success story. So, um, like I said, they were the uh, first ones to do this, and in fact, it wasn't the first condor that San Diego Zoo had in its zoological population. The first one arrived in 1929, and it was donated by a couple who had found it in California with a crippled wing. So this particular condor had to have its wing amputated, but it lived out Mm. like a good rest of its life. And then uh, when it was discovered that the the wild population was down to 22 individuals, um, the San Diego Zoo built, it says, six large free flight enclosures that were um, specifically designed for condors to live at the zoo. Hmm. And this was part of their program that they did in collaboration with all those other services in order to start this propagation. So um, it says that in 1982, the first California condor was brought into the zoo as part of, a, of this recovery program. Um, the individual they brought in had been neglected by the, his parents. Oh. And they, in <laughs> fact, were still rearing a chick from the previous year. So he was kind of kicked out. He didn't have a home. So Oh, my God. Found a home at the zoo, and he ended up like that poor bean. Like, yeah, this little bean like started this whole recovery program, which is so cool. That's awesome. Uh, so, so he was successfully raised at the safari uh, park. His parents were probably like, "You'll never amount to anything." And he's like, "I'm gonna <laughs> save the fucking world, mom. You don't know me. Just watch me." And then he did. And then he fucking um, did. So I talked about that they collected eggs, um, but they also had this one that was successfully raised at the park, and uh, with. Actually, the news of the first hatching of the wild eggs that were um, collected and incubated at the zoo, it was in 1983 that the first one was hatched, mm. and like people all over the world freaked out and were super excited. Aww. So the zoo received a lot of congratulations from different zoos, um, government organizations, conservationists, classrooms, and just individuals around the world who cool. were like pumped to hear it. And then in 1987... Uh, it was determined that the last wild California condor, uh, known as AC9, was brought into the park. So at that point in 1987, they were extinct in the wild. Um, yeah, so it's crazy because though they were extinct at the wild, San Diego Zoo housed one half of the entire world's population of California condors. Um, and that's just wild. So... Uh, there was the first zoo-bred condor that hatched in 1988, and then in 1992, the first zoo-bred condors were released into their native California habitat, Aww. which was really cool. Like, what a quick turnaround. Yeah. So this has been a hugely successful program, um, and they continue to do really, really well with it. They continue to breed these animals in zoological populations and... They're releasing a number of them into the wild as well. And in fact, they have five different release sites all over Southwest United States and um, the Northwest region of Mexico, Hmm. which is their natural habitat. So it's been really, really successful. Um, It says here that at least at the time of this publishing, there have been 165 California condor hatchings since the uh, first one was born all those years ago. Wow. That's a lot. I know. It's crazy, like, such a quick turnaround. And I know you and I, Flora, didn't we see a habitat when I came to visit you at one point? Yes. That housed them and, and we, like, learned about that? I about that before. 
Yeah. But God only it was knows really cool. what I've ever said. But no, we did. And we read all the facts. And then we got a free calendar because we did the scavenger hunt. Yes. It was made for yes. babies. Yes. And we got a sticker. And, oh, oh, my it God. A, it was a temporary tattoo. Yes. And then we oh. put them on the moment we got home. Um, yeah. I, I put my it on my foot. Cat. <laughs> There's going to be a cat fight in the background because my one cat that lives downstairs climbed the fence and of is course. now upstairs, and now my other cat is screaming. Let's see if he'll just sit in my lap and mind his own fucking business. Of course. Uh, so one cool, really, thing, in addition to everything else San Diego Zoo has done, is they have a condor cam, um, which you can access via their website, and you oh. can watch recovery efforts at an off-exhibit breeding facility. So Condor it's something the public can't see if you go to visit, but you can watch remotely and kind of see how it's going. That's awesome. And they monitor egg hatchings, um, the mentorship with those young ones with other birds, and the preparations to release individuals into those five protected areas, which include areas of uh, several areas in California, one in Arizona, and one in Baja California and Mexico. So it's, like, so cool. They literally brought them back from the brink of extinction. There's obviously still a lot of work to do, but the population is exponentially, 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 <laughs> Lord, more stable than it was. They got mo of them. That's what they got should. mo of them. <laughs> They're mo than they... there was before. <laughs> That's all you had to say. Yeah, you're right. Why, why didn't I say that? <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> you dumb dumb. So, Flora, uh, vultures are cool, and I think we all have a few in mind as far as those in the media. Can Do any come to mind when you think about them? Um, okay. Yes. Okay. No. And they are? <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that there's a vultures in The Lion King. Yeah, there are. There are, yeah. I don't think they talk, though. No, I don't think most of the animals in that movie talk. Um, and then also, are the, like, plague doctors, are they vultures? Uh, yeah, I think I think their masks are modeled after, like, vultures. Right? That's what they look like. Yeah, I didn't even think about that, but That's I think you're I right. That's all I can think of. Is... That's spooky. <laughs> <laughs> my, well, my thoughts are always spooky. Um, Vacillate between the Lion King and Spooky. <laughs> that's all I have. I can't think of that's anybody else. So true. Uh, well, there are vultures in the Jungle Book. Oh. Yeah, and there are also vultures. There were two vultures that were guards in the Disney Robin Hood movie. <gasps> Robin Hood. That's such a Remember good movie. Remember them? And they're just like sort of like bumbling doofuses. Aww. Um, and then I think it was in the newest Spider-Man, Spider-Man: Homecoming. The villain was called Vulture, but like historically in the comics. That's been like a villain that Spider-Man deals with. Can you on just the hear the cat, the, uh, the cat drama that's happening in this room? No. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> I feel like the vulture was that that leg that we found that Spider-Man leg, or was that somebody else? No, man, that was the jackal. <laughs> that's right. It was. The but you know what? We could probably find it. It would probably just have like a torso attached or something. Ugh, like man. horrific. Marvel, what are you thinking? What are you <laughs> what thinking? Are you thinking? It's awful. Does the, uh, so wait, does the villain, does he, like, eat dead people? I mean, what's his thing? Why is he called that? Why is he vulture? That's a really good question. I didn't actually look into it that much, um, but he does not eat dead people, I can say, pretty confidently. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure he, like, one of the things that he does really well is, like, fly around, which, as we've discussed, Ooh. like, vultures can fly, but they don't, like, zip and turn like a falcon does. Like, right. they're just sort of, like, they just sort of, like, soar around hmm. and, like, take it sleazy. So I don't really know. Maybe he's just like a low key villain. <laughs> he's just like he just annoys you when he can. <laughs> you know, uh, more of like a passive villain. Comic books, man. I know they don't make a lick of sense. Uh, so that was all I got for the vulture. I have a question. Yeah, what's up? And hopefully you can answer this. Oh, okay. What is a buzzard? Is that a common word for a vulture, or is that a different animal? Uh, hold on. I think I wrote that in my notes. Let me take a look. Because, like, most, like, here, like, if you see, like, a turkey vulture, some people would just be like, look at that buzzard. Oh, that's so true. And um, I'm like, I think it's, I think it's, like, a colloquial term. Yeah. Like, yeah, because, um, a lot of times people refer to vultures as buzzards. Right. 
But I think... But is that right? Or is there, like... Is it, like, a cougar, like, panther thing? Or is it, like... People are um, just... Or is it a bison buffalo thing? No, I think it's, like, a cougar panther thing. Okay. Um, in case any of you don't know what we're talking about, cougars and panthers are the exact same thing. Uh, it's just a different term. So, like, puma, mountain lion, cougar, panther, screamer. They're all the same things. Um, whereas bison and buffalo are not. They're different animals. So, fun fact. Okay. Uh, no, I think Take it's note. just a... Yeah, I think it's just a regional thing. I found a thing... And again, I don't know how factual this is, so take it with a grain of salt. But it says when, or in the United States, when people refer to buzzards, they typically are referring to turkey vultures, yeah. which are New World vultures. Okay. Um, but uh, elsewhere in the world, it says that a buzzard is in the same family as Old World uh, vultures. Uh, okay. Yeah. So I think I think it's just like again, like a regional term. Mm. But mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. for the most part. They're either referring to, like, a hawk or a vulture. I just think they, like, came up with some other word in between that yeah. is neither. I don't know. Weird. Maybe someone else knows. Weird. Um, I yeah. I love these big, bald babies. I know. I love big, weird birds. Uh, that was all I got. We did have a couple shout-outs, though, that we wanted to give oh, yeah. separate from the vulture. To a couple different people. So, Flora, why don't you why don't you take it away? Oh. <laughs> I have the floor now. Um, you okay, have the floor. Well, shout out to... Da, 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 uh, Strawberry Artillery from Australia. We got a fucking five-star review. Thanks for trying yeah. to cover up that one horrible woman's one-star review. Um, it was a really nice, awesome review. And she says that we're amazing. Chill sailor swearing later. <laughs> Chill sailor swearing ladies who give no hoots. I don't give a hoot. I don't give one single hoot. So thank you, Watch Strawberry Ar- Artillery. I have lost the capacity for speech. Um, also, we got another meme sent to us. I think it's Ale. Um, he sent us a... <laughs> he sent us a herpetology meme. Um, it's too... Um, tortoises, like, humping each other. And it says, Recently, my six-year-old said to me, Dad, those turtles are playing piggyback. I knew it was time to have the talk. Son, I said, those are tortoises, not turtles. If you're not talking to your kids about herpetology, who is? So true. Love it. Love those animal memes. Thanks, Thank guys. Thanks for the memes. Um, Thanks for the memes and the, the Australian <laughs> love. Also, love I should have totally brought this up in the, like, what did you do this last week? Um, do you want to talk about maybe, like, what email you received from me at, like, 3 a.m. last week? Oh, my God. <laughs> I tried to block it from my memory. Um, so, guys, if you remember our last week's episode of Sea Urchin, and Flora was just obsessed with that freaking song by Foreigner, and she would not stop singing it and just kept singing over me, um, yeah, she took it one step further, and by one step, I mean 20 steps further, and that she actually recorded an entire song, <laughs> literally rewrote the lyrics, literally had them all about urchins, sang the entire thing, and sent me an email at like 2.46 a.m. with this recording. and was just like, I did this. And that was it. That was the only thing. And I was like, this is weird and ominous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I just, like, I had to get it out, you know? It's just, like, that creative energy where I was just like, oh, I'm just going to write a song. <laughs> my juices are flowing. <laughs> I had to get my juices out. Um, Gross. I'm not a good singer. It's not a good song, and it's not funny. So no one else will ever hear it. But mm-hmm. it just know in your heart that it exists. And it's really, it's kind of like a bop. Like, I, I've been singing that all week. Oh, no, it's a solid bop. It was going through my head the other morning, and I was, I couldn't think what it was. I was like, what the hell is this? And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Is that horrible thing she said me? <laughs> I talk about like their symmetry and God, what? Yeah, a, you went for it. I just went. I went hard. Anyway, that exists in our uh, Google Drive, so if someone wants to hack in and. Well, no, no, no. Like maybe we'll make it. Well, maybe we'll offer it to our Patreon. <laughs> uh, I think we'd have to pay them five dollars <laughs> to listen to have yeah, them listen to so it. Yeah, you're so right. You're so right. Ugh, amazing. Um, I think we had one more shout out. If you, yes, right, you can do it. Yes, you're better than me. Oh, that's not true. 
You're right. It's not 100% true. (laughs) Anyways. Uh, Thank you, everyone, that listened to our last Q&D. That was our Quick and Dirty 5, where we talked about some pretty sensitive subject matter. Um, We went hard. We did. We were pretty serious. I think, for the most part in the show, we're generally pretty goofy with a few, like, serious things thrown in there. But that one was pretty serious because we were dealing with a very sensitive couple of topics. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. thank you, everyone, that listened to it. Uh, Thank you, everyone, also, that reached out to us. We got a number of really good... um, supportive comments and that was kind of exactly what we were going for we really wanted to be a voice for people that don't always have a voice in these times especially when they're overwhelmed by a bunch of like shitty hateful anti-zoo comments and stuff so that's kind of what we were hoping for and we're really really like humbled and happy that we were able to provide that in some aspect so thank you everyone that reached out in that regard uh if you haven't listened to it yet go ahead and give it a listen But we did want to bring up uh, one thing one of our commenters uh, talked to us about was an organization, a conservation organization, if anyone is interested in learning more about or donating to. And it actually uh, kind of directly is linked to some of the animals that were unfortunately lost at the Audubon Zoo incident a couple weeks ago. So those animals are alpacas. And there's a conservation organization known as the Nunyoa Project. I believe that's how you say it. It's N-U-N with a tilde O-A project. And it's based in South America and it helps local communities uh, kind of learn more about what's going on around them, uh, become integrated with the animals in their society, the alpacas, share how amazing alpacas are with the world. Uh, It's a really great, (laughs) it's a really great organization. I'm sorry, I just like laughed. But I went to their website, and I think everyone should, I mean, you should look at their website anyway. But, like, the very first thing that pops up is just, like, the cutest alpaca just, like, staring into yes! your soul. <laughs> and it's it just, so like, cute. caught me off guard that I, like, laughed in your very serious monologue. It's like, hello. <laughs> it's so cute. No, it's cool, though. It's it's a really nice intersection of, like, animals, conservation, and, um, like, community global issues. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. So, uh, give it a check. Give it a check. Give it a check mark. That's what they mean. They're collecting check marks. Write a check. Can anyone help us is the real thing I meant to say. All of this Um, is a cry for help. It's taken us fucking 24 episodes or whatever, and you guys haven't realized it yet. We just need someone to help (laughs) us. There's something wrong. A really long-winded plea. Uh, no, go ahead and check it out. It's really cool. Even if you don't decide to donate, uh, maybe share it and maybe people around you would be interested in. And as always, if you ever do donate to conservation or you, even if you don't have money to donate, but you share it or you held some benefit or something for an organization, let us know. We're happy to give you a shout out on the show. Heck yeah, dude. Heck yes, dude. Uh, dude, yes. Anyways. That's all I got for us this week. I guess TLDL for vultures, they eat dead Hit things. Us. They're really Oof. cool and cute. They're bald. Oof. They can be five feet tall. <laughs> Say that <laughs> one more time. They can be upwards of five feet tall. That's fucking ridiculous. I know. You still can't. I can't. Around it. I can't. Uh, they include things like vultures, griffins, and condors. Mm. They're broken into two categories, new world and old world, based mm. on where they live in the world. And they have a few different characteristics here and there. Uh, they've been seen using tools to obtain their food, like breaking open eggs or breaking open bones, which is so cool. They're pretty cooperative and they're pretty social animals, so they actually mate for life. And um, that's just that's just really cute having these like big, gross, ugly <laughs> birds mating for life. I oh, love it. I like too. beauty is truly on the inside. Uh, on top of that, they eat pretty much any dead thing. So they eat dead things, garbage, excrement. Uh, all that gross stuff and yeah it's it's easy peasy for them and they're essentially nature's cleanup crew but they are facing a number of threats specifically and mainly due to poisoning so if a carcass is poisoned and they eat it they also get poisoned and they die um so things to watch out for are habitat loss human encroachment uh poaching from humans poisoning from humans everything from humans were the worst uh, on top of that, though, one cool thing is that the California condor is brought back from the brink of extinction Hell yeah. by San Diego Zoo with hell yeah. with different government and organizations. So, hell yeah. Hell Zoo success yeah. story. Shout out from the rooftops. That's all I got. Ugh. It's dope. 
Cool. Thank you everyone for joining us this week. We hope you learned some cool stuff about vultures and had a good time hanging out with us. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to check out our Instagram, which is keeper underscore chat. There we post fun pictures, facts, and links pertaining to what we talk about here. In addition, you can check out our Twitter or Facebook. Our Facebook is just Keeper Chat, and Twitter is also Keeper underscore chat. We are definitely more active on that these days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, on top of that, we are available on every... Um, what am I trying to say? Everything. We're streaming? Just, sure, there podcast we go. streaming application. Yeah. There you go. So like iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever you could think of, we're there. We're in your home. We're everywhere. We're in your kitchen. <laughs> I'm in your bedroom. Oh, no. <laughs> Flora's in your bedroom and I'm in your kitchen. <laughs> we will remain there until you come <laughs> We will never leave. <laughs> we will never leave. We are there forever. Uh... If you liked it, give it a listen, rate us, review us, share it with friends and family. If you didn't like it, just keep it to yourself. That's fine. That's the end of this episode. Next week, Flora will present her animal of choice, Woo-hoo! which is W, right? W. 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 Can't wait. W. W. Dot. W. Dot. Com. Uh-oh. That website? <laughs> That's the website to hack the internet. Did I just give a free shout out to some weird website? No, don't do it. <laughs> They're going to find us. They're watching us through the webcam. Great. Great. Okay, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.